continuing a series uh, here today on, uh, it's called Relatability. And so we're talking about all things that deal with relationship. And I would encourage you, uh, keep your ears perked. And when I say your ears, I'm talking about the ears of your heart as well. Because, you know, it it is timely for us to talk about our topic this morning. We're going to talk about bringing the best out in others. And man, we're in a place, we have been seeing, you know, movement and movement, but there's a, the, a, a pretty big transition that's happened in our state, in our culture here, uh, and there's going to be more and more uh, rubbing shoulders with people that you haven't seen in a while. There's going to be connecting with people that you haven't connected with before. There's, there's all kinds of new interaction. And then there's, of course, all of the, the precious relationships that we continue to have that are most dear to us. And so for us to take a few moments and look from a biblical perspective, how do we bring the best out in others? How many know that God has called you to be a minister of reconciliation? You're, you're a minister on his behalf to see the world reconciled to Christ and certainly in that, seeing people reconciled to, to each other. God wants it to be that the way we live and, and the way we carry ourselves, what we say, that, that it makes others thirsty for him and that it just pulls the best out of others. And so we're going to look at nine things. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to go deep dive on them, uh, but I'm going to look at nine different things that if we employ these things, we will in fact be those that help bring the best out of other people. So why don't we go ahead and jump right into it. The first one, and the first one we could really say... Uh, all the others that we'll look at flow out of this first one. And it's this, model and pursue a daily growing relationship with Jesus Christ. I, I know that's so foundational. I know that's so basic. But as much as we know that, hell also knows that. And hell works hard to make sure that this priority right here is one that we get distracted from in all of our daily comings and goings and doings and all that goes on in our lives to make sure that we're not just Christians, but that on a daily basis, we are ferociously prioritizing, nurturing, growing, fostering our own relationship and walk with the Lord. Can you say amen? as we do that, uh, there's going to be something that flows out of us, and we'll talk about that some more. But this really becomes the starting point for us as we look at how God would use us to be a blessing in the lives of, of others, to inspire others. Do you know the symptoms of ailing family relationships are usually the result of a failing relationship with Christ, with one or more people in the family? Did you hear that? So, so if I keep my relationship with God going, my wife keeps her relationship with God going, man, we've already set up a recipe for, for God's anointing, God's blessing, God's love to really be flowing in our home. After the dedication of his baby brother in church, little Johnny sobbed all the way home in the back seat of the car. And his father asked him three different times what was wrong. Finally, the boy replied, the pastor said he wanted us brought up in a Christian home, but I want to stay here with you guys. (laughs) Oh, mercy. 
What are we modeling? And here's the thing. If, if it's a growing relationship with him daily, then it's leaking out of our lives. It ought to be when we realize nobody's watching that people are seeing God leak out of our lives and what we say and how we respond and what we do. Amen? Uh, it says in Matthew 6.33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. So what does that mean in light of what we're talking about here? So don't first seek a better marriage, seek him. And as we seek him, there'll be a better marriage. Don't pursue not fighting and arguing, seek him. The hotter and brighter my vertical relationship with God becomes, the healthier all of my horizontal relationships with people will be. So I'll be a better husband, a better friend, colleague, family member, a better follower of Christ by making sure I'm maintaining, uh, hey, making room for him as I walk throughout my day. That was one of the exhortations, one of the words that we got here this morning, is making sure that we really make that room. So, so it's one thing to say, it's my belief, it's my value, it's my conviction, and it's another thing to say, I am making the room so that my walk with him is being nurtured and watered each and every day. Can you say amen? amen. All right, number two is going to flow out of number one, and it's this, walk in love by displaying words of love actions of love and attitudes of love. So, of course, that would flow out of our, our walk with God. But here's the thing. Our walk with God has to mature to a point, and, and I, I just so love when God does this. Uh, it was in the second word that talked about aligning with him, seeing from his perspective, right? So, I don't know how it is for anybody else here, anybody watching online, but when I met Christ, it was for very self-centered reasons, I came to terms with the realization there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. I came to terms with the fact that I can't do it myself. I can't lead myself. I need the Lord. It was about me, myself, and I. That, that, was, that was the starting point of all of my decision to say I surrender my life to Christ. But somewhere along the line, as I was walking with him, and by the way, that's what the Bible says. We start off as a spiritual baby, right? And then we are to grow up in the things of God. Somewhere along the line, as God was working in me, I started to realize, God, you love everybody. What you did for me, you want to do for everybody else. And Lord, if I want your heart, then I got to realize I have to love everybody else around me the way you love everybody around me. And, and, and when we talk about love here, right, we're not talking about an emotion or a feeling. We're talking about literally catching God's heart, recognizing uh, what, what's most important to him. In John 13, 34, Jesus says, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. And all the Ten Commandments and all of the, the, the law is, is summed up in love God and love people. You know, uh, I, I uh, make an effort to be a good noodle with flossing my teeth. And so when I do that, I pull out the floss and I, I wrap it around the fingers and, and, and get it going. And, you know, sometimes, you know, some of my teeth a little closer together than the others. Sometimes you got to work a little harder. Come on, how many know what I'm talking about? And, and, and if I'm working at it, when it's all said and done, I'll look down at my finger and it's purple. Because I've had this string wrapped around and, and, and the tip of my finger becomes purple. When I take the string off, now it's, it's it, you know, the blood's flow and it's back to, you know, looking like the rest of my hand. Well, what went on there? The, the blood flow 
was getting strangled away from the tip of my finger. That's what we were seeing. Here's the thing. For relationships, love is the blood flow. Love is the flow to every relationship. And when love is strangled off, when love is not allowed, not prioritized, the relationship is going to wind up suffering. So the good news you know, when we look at love, it's uh, like I said earlier, it's not so much looking at, okay, how do I feel about this person? How do I feel about that person? It's about just going back to point number one, Lord, as I yield my life to you, Lord, may your love flow through me. The God kind of love that dwells inside us. We don't have to manufacture it. We don't have to drum it up. It's simply by faith. Lord, I thank you that you are in me. Your love is in me. And Lord, I choose to love the way you love. Now we can take an inventory. We can look at 1 Corinthians 13 and get a little bit of a pulse on how am I doing in walking in God's kind of love for the world around me. So we can make this little checklist. Love is patient. How am I doing? Love is kind. How am I doing? Love doesn't envy, does not boast. It's not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. It does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And so as we look at that and, and we think about bringing the best out in others, how are we doing what we just described there, that little checklist, th those are all indicators that we're letting the love of God flow through us. And, and are we in fact al allowing that to happen? And, and he here's another thought that we got to look at in what could maybe be strangling things out. How many know in order to love people, you have to value them? Right? So... We have to make sure, have I continued to value the people in my household, the people that I, I would call wh whatever friendships, family, extended family, colleagues, my most treasured relationships, have I continued to value them or have I let familiarity breed contempt? Right, continue to value. And then not only in our most treasured relationships, but just as we view people in the world around us, do we value each and every human being in light of the fact that they were made in the image of God because when we get a hold of his heart, God says, I want them saved. I want them with me. I love them with the same love that I love you. Right, so part of what we can do to make sure God's love is flowing in us, uh, and again, that is just so brought out in, in, in that second word, we need to catch God's vision for people. See what he sees. Asking God to give us his heart and his perspective, and then we're not going to be able to help but bring the best out of people. Because when we're seeing through his perspective, now we're unencumbered by all the flesh stuff that would trip us up from people seeing the Lord in us as we relate to them. Amen? Amen? <laughs> All right. Number three, again, not really new, but man, we got to start here. Pray regularly for the people in your life and daily for family members. So just covering people in prayer, James 5.16 says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. In another translation, it says uh, it has great and wonderful results. So how many believe 
as you pray for the relationships around you, as you pray for your most treasured loved ones, that your prayers have power. Because the enemy doesn't want you to believe that. But just remember, when you hear the opposite, that's coming from the enemy. And we know the Bible tells us that he's a liar. He wants us to believe that our prayers don't count. But when we realize they do, man, we'll really dig in all the more. All right, a fourth thing that will help us bring the best out in others. So realize this is all flowing from, so I'm I'm cultivating my daily relationship with him. Out of that, it's fostering the love of God that's pouring out of me. And then, of course, I'm taking to prayer, praying, because prayer moves God's hand. We pray in faith, and God moves. Now, number four, make your words uplifting, encouraging, and spoken at conversational level. So, hey, just out of curiosity, how many in the room like getting yelled at by other people? I don't see any hands. I'm sure there's nobody online that's saying, sure, sign me up. Just scream at me first thing in the morning. Set the tone for the day. How many like being barked at by somebody? Right? None of it. We're talking about today bringing the best out of other people. How do I relate in a way where the Jesus inside me can get opportunity with the most people by how I live my life? Authentically, intentionally, very purposefully. So Ephesians 4.29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to to their needs. My, sometimes we, we get done talking and someone can ask, well, did that, who, did that help anybody? Well, I don't know if it helped them, but it sure helped me because I got to tell them just right where they stood. I got to go up one side and down the other side and I sure feel better. I got to haul off. But this is saying, no, that's not, that's not license for us to be able to, or to talk um, what's on our mind to others. What builds them up according to their needs that it might benefit those who listen. Sometimes that requires stopping and saying, so Lord, do I open my mouth? Does this benefit them? Don't misunderstand me. Sometimes we open our mouth and we say a hard thing and they go, ouch, but it was for benefit, right? We discipline a child, but interesting when we discipline a child in anger, we're in the flesh and that's not what God calls us to. We discipline a child in the spirit. We do it from a motive of love because it's what's going to be most beneficial for them. That can be a great barometer for us to decide, do I open my mouth and continue with the words or do I just go get some more time with Jesus? In fact, some might be saying, hey, Jim, this is all great, but you want to know what? So-and-so, man, they're just a handful. And I do spend time with Jesus and they're still a handful. What do you say to that? And I would say, then ferociously dig out more time with Jesus until you can get to the point where you can say, you know, all right, all right, I can deal with this. I can walk in love. I can be a display. Hey, listen, Jesus overturned the tables of the money changers, right? Love isn't soft. Love builds the other person up, right? And so, What I'm saying here, making your words uplifting, we can say hard things and be uplifting. We can say encouraging things, uh, you know, know, okay, so that didn't go so well, but here's what God says about you, and it's going to be okay. Get up, dust off, and let's move on. And certainly if we are frustrated and there's conflict, raising our voice isn't going to help anything. That quiet was so loud. 
So we need to think the best, believe the best, speak the best about one another. Amen. Speak in love, let our words encourage. Uh, There's a photographer who is, uh, has a lot of notoriety, pretty famous uh, for, you know, for what he does. Edward Steichen is his name. And he became one of the world's most renowned photographers. He almost gave up the very first day he shot his, his first round of pictures. He was 16 years old. He got a camera. He bought a camera, and he took 50 photos. And as it turns out, 49 of the 50 photos were a total bust. Only one photo uh, took and was able to be developed. It was a photo of his sister playing the piano. You know, and, uh, you know, he thought to himself, man, I think I'm just going to throw in the towel with this thing. But his mother insisted that the photograph of his sister was so beautiful that it more than compensated for the 49 failures. That encouragement convinced him to stick with his new hobby, and he stayed with it for the rest of his life. What was a close call to surrender on something that was an absolute gift and a calling? The close call on trading it all in was because somebody took to being a voice of encouragement in his life, and it pushed him over, and it pushed him to great success, bringing the best out in other people. All right, number five, uh, commit to being truthful and honest. And again, so when we look at, okay, well, I'm going to spend time with God, and and I'm going to walk in love, and uh, all right, so, I mean, come on. Isn't the worst question in the world? This should be stricken from the vocabulary in any language. Do I look fat in this outfit? (laughs) I mean, come on. That question, its, its origin is the lowest pit of hell. Because there is no win. It's like when you're asked that question, it's like 1-800-Flowers. There's no good answer to this question, right? Here's what I'm getting at, right? We think, well, maybe it's okay for a little lie. It's not a big lie. It's just a little lie. You know, we call them little white lies. But how many know big or little were not to be given to lying, right? Exaggerating, anything like that. Pretty sobering when we look at John 8, 44. You be- so Jesus is railing some of the, the Pharisees. You belong to your father, the devil. You want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So we want to make sure that we don't in any way participate in speaking the devil's language, right? How wonderful it would be if it was impossible to lie. You know, father asks his, his, his son uh, the next day, hey, what time did you get uh, home last night, son? Uh, 12 minutes late, dad. How many know that that's like not the normal answer that comes out? How about, uh, well, who left the, the milk out on the counter? Oh, I did. I mean, in my house growing up, there was this, it, this terrible frustration with this individual named I don't know. And I don't know did all of these things that frustrated my parents, and we never were able to catch them in the middle of it. But me, nor my brother, would ever admit that was me. How about this, honey, do you have any cash? Well, yes, I do. I've got a $20 bill hidden behind my credit cards. Would you like it? I heard, I heard a pastor say one time, you know, that's the, that's the she money, the money she don't know about, right? You know, so all these little, you know, deceptions and hiding and all of that. You know, but being truthful, speaking truth is the absolute foundation 
it builds trust, which is essential for any relationship. Can you say amen? It is so important. Sometimes it's hard to be truthful, but Proverbs 27, 6 tells us wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. All right, I'm going to move through these last couple, hop through them. Number six, honor and respect each person. So Romans 12, 10 says, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves. So realizing, you know, so often, I tell you, we can really tell what's going on in somebody's life spiritually when we see how they treat somebody that they don't have to be nice to. You know, maybe a server at a restaurant. There's times over the years where we've hosted conferences and we've had guest speakers and different, you know, ministers and, and so forth. And, and a lot of times on the staff, we'd have the opportunity. We'd be taking them for meals and driving to the airport and all that. And you really get a chance to see brass tacks where the rubber meets the road, where somebody was at based on how they treated the maid coming out of their hotel room, uh, the person that's at the counter, the server that brings the food over. By the way, let's just put spirituality, spirituality aside for a second. Why would we not be nice to the person handling our food? I'm just saying, you know, that moves into wisdom. You know, but, but just, you know, so interesting. Honor and respect. Going back to, do we value everybody? Every person is worthy of honor and respect. Number seven, then, sow good things into others. Be kind, helpful, caring, supportive. Looking at how can I help the other person succeed at whatever God's got them doing, whatever God wants them to do. First Thessalonians 5.11, therefore encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. William Arthur Ward said this, flatter me and I may not believe you. Criticize me and I may not like you. Ignore me and I may not forgive you. But encourage me and I will not forget you. And I tell you, we are all called to forgive. But I tell you, that, that point on encouragement is so true. Encouragement just goes so deep. Uh, Galatians 5.13, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. How can we serve God's purposes out to see that person succeed, to see that person move forward, to see that person go on to God's best? And uh, let's see. Be quick. Yeah, number eight. Thanks, Don. Be quick to apologize and quick to forgive. Ephesians 4.32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. So we're quick to apologize if somebody's been hurt, if somebody's been bent out of shape. You know, we, we, we take ownership, we apologize, and then we be quick to forgive. And then number nine, give quality and quantity of time to other people. So quality time, that, that means actual conversation, interaction, listening, exchanging words, ideas, emotions. Uh, so, so sitting and watching TV together, that wouldn't be quality time. That, that's, that's not necessarily a bad thing if you got your favorite show and you sit around and you watch your show, but we just got to realize that that might be a, a quantity time, but that's not necessarily quality. But even regarding quantity, there was a recent survey uh, that said the average father spends 14 minutes per per week in conversation with his children. And uh, that, that's a pretty sobering thought. Again, talking about there's so many things that can pull on us, we have to be so intentional. Senator Paul Songus, uh, Tongas said years ago, uh, after being diagnosed with cancer, I've never met a man on his deathbed that wished he had spent more time at work. 
right? Talking about quality time in relationships. We can bring the best out in others when they get our time, when they get our, our full attention. And usually that means for the most up-close relationships, we have to schedule that time, right? Just because things can get in the way. So do you realize, in conclusion, we're getting ready to wrap up here, almost everything we do touches a relationship in some way. Isn't that amazing? Almost everything we do. Just uh, think about it. As you go throughout your day, whether you're home, at work, driving in your car, playing, exercising, shopping, vacationing, uh, worshiping here at church, any of the other activities that we do, uh, we're, we're constantly involved with people. So, this whole message, if we were to just boil this down to just a handful of words, the six most important words to know, I admit I made a mistake. The five most important words, you did a good job. The four most important words, hey, what do you think? I threw a hay in there, so take the hay out. What do you think? And then, and then we're right. The three most important words, after you, please. The two most important words, thank you. The one most important word, we, hey, the least important word, I. Can you say amen? amen. Bringing the best out in others. You know, the, the Lord really bore down today in, in what we sang in worship, in the exhortations that we got here this morning. This fresh new season of time is going to mean change up in habits in lifestyle, in interactions with people. There's all kinds of opportunity, and we could say potentially there's some pitfalls that we could get into. So how great for us to say, hey, uh, it, uh, right here and now, I'm going to make the decision God is going to have first and greatest priority in my daily life as I'm walking with the Lord. Why don't you stand with me as we prepare to close? Bow your heads and close your eyes. Just if there's anybody here today that, that would just say, you know, I love the Lord, God is in my life, but as we're talking about bringing the best out in others, I don't know that my first relationship, my most important relationship with, with Christ is being nourished and walked out on a daily basis the way it's really supposed to. And, and if, if that's your thought and you're saying, God, I really want to make a commitment today. You know, here it is, Sunday, the 30th of May, going into tomorrow, the 31st, into this next week. Lord, as I walk into this next week, I want a purpose to make sure I'm giving room for my own relationship with you to flourish. So if, if you're in that spot and you're saying, man, I really need to make that decision. I need to talk to the Lord about that today. Why don't you just put your hand up nice and high and let's pray about that right now. Amen. Amen. I see hands all over. So, Father, here we are saying, Lord, we want to make sure that we are keeping you truly first and foremost, not in intention, but in the walking out of our lives. And Lord, we pray that as we do look toward this next week, you would give us wisdom. Lord, that you would help us uh, figure out what we need to do uh, to, to get stuff out of the way so that we're walking with you, flourishing with you each and every day. That your love can pour out of us. That all these things we talked about today can, can get manifest in greater ways. So, Lord, we thank you for hearing us. We thank you that it's your heart that you so confirmed it here today. And, and Lord, finally, we pray, Lord, let there be a fresh anointing on us. Let us value every place where we don't value people, every place where we don't value all people. God, give us your heart. 
God, give us your heart for the world around us, one person at a time. And Lord, let there be a fresh anointing on us that our lives would be characterized by bringing the best out of others so that they would meet you, so that they would know you, so they would go after your best for them, God. Lord, all of this we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.